Some say Lambeau Field wasn't even created by man. It was naturally formed. I will say it may be hard to be a Falcons fan, but it's really easy to root against them. This is why people need to tune into your show. That is breaking news to me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. I am your co-host, Justin Wright, and I'm joined by my ever-vigilant co-host, Jared Miller. How are you doing today, Jared? You know, Justin, I'm doing pretty well, uh, despite the Seahawks showing the other night. I'm doing all right because the old fantasy team won. Yeah, that's good. Mine won as well, and I've really not been paying attention to it too much lately, if I'm being completely honest. I made the joke, I think it was in our uh, fantasy chat that my game with our buddy Daniel who we've had on the show before was so bad this week it felt like fantasy football's version of an, of an NFC East game Ooh, that's I, rough I think by the time the morning games were wrapping up both Daniel and I were like barely in the 40s for our points it was ridiculous yikes that's anyway rough. I won though I know what it's like to be the Eagles to scrape out a win when you probably don't deserve <laughs> it over a lesser team so I'm feeling good about that. Should we just jump in real quick and talk about that division? The division <laughs> that should not be named? Yeah, we, uh, you know, boy, I saw a thing today that was the current division leaders in each division. And you're talking the Steelers at 6-0 and and the Seahawks at 5-1. and And what, the Bucks? you guys are at what, 5-2? Five 5-2. And, five and, and all these teams with those pretty phenomenal records. And then you've got the Eagles at two, four and one sitting. I don't know if it's proudly atop the NFC East, but they are on top. Well, if we just look at the rest of the NFC right now, Eagles two, four and one top of their division. Um, Packers five and one is top of their division. Bucks five and two Seahawks five and one. And if you look all the way down and like the NFC West 49ers are four and three bottom of their division. Yeah. Which is better than the entire NFC East. Yeah, you know, it. it's just ridiculous. I watched that Eagles-Giants game last Thursday night, um, and what a, a game that was. That was just uh, – I felt poopy fest. I felt bad for both teams participating in it. And, man, Daniel Jones, how do you trip? I know. He, how do you he trip? tripped himself. Uh, did you see the crazy thing, though? It was like Next Gen Stats said that he actually uh, now is the fastest quarterback ball carrier on the season above Lamar Jackson. Like, I, did, I cannot physically come to believe that. <laughs> I, I can't. The man is a gazelle. He's just got to be the most awkward gazelle that's ever walked this planet. <laughs> He's like a newborn baby gazelle. <laughs> the speed is there, just not the coordination. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to playing the Giants this next week because last year when we played them, Danny Dimes' first game made us look like fools. So I'm co- I'm hoping that we can come back and uh, maybe uh, get some, get some uh, revenge there. You know, I would hope you'd be able to do that this year. I was thinking about it too. I'm so happy that the Seahawks play the entire NFC East this year. Um, obviously already good for y'all right and we get the Jets coming up at some point too so I'm feeling good about that yeah I'm glad that that's uh, the luck of the draw we got so so when we get to the end of the year and we're talking about toughest schedules Seahawks not got the toughest schedule (laughs) not 
not in the next. Well, I, I guess I guess they do have the rest of their division, which is pretty tough. Yeah, but you know, very tough when you've got the Jets and the Giants back to back weeks, both at home. Uh, you know, I say that, and we're probably gonna lose one of those. Knock on wood, but <laughs> yeah, looking at the divisions, that's yeah, the NFC West is by far the most competitive division this year. Yeah, I think I I think we saw that on Sunday night too. You know, I think mm-hmm. you had obviously two of the best in it going at each other. Um, I told several people after that game. Of course, it didn't come up the Seahawks' way. We had ample opportunities to win that game. We just didn't get it done. Didn't frankly deserve to win it at the mm-hmm. end. Props to the Cardinals. I think that we're two very evenly matched teams, obviously. And I'm excited to see our second matchup with them later in the season in Seattle. I obviously hope it doesn't go the same way, but I am looking forward to it. See those, I do like those football games though, where two evenly matched teams go at it. Cause it does, it, it is an inter- entertaining. And I got to say the Cardinals are looking good. My yeah, word. They're scared. Their, their offense was, was honestly probably the weaker of their two sides of the ball, but yeah, they, it, it looked good. It was clicking pretty well. And you no, know, Buda Baker is now captain of that defense, and he they're playing well. I cannot believe that that was Metcalf, right? They caught up to Buda oh, Baker yeah. on that interception. Yeah. I know everyone's talking about that. We don't need to, but my lord, that that man is fast. Yeah, yeah, that was a crazy play. That was crazy. But yeah, props to the Cardinals. Kyler Murray looks great. Um, I again I've said this before, I'll say it again. I just wish they weren't in our division because I do have a ton of respect for what they're doing down there in Arizona. I like Cliff Kingsbury. I love Larry Fitzgerald. I don't know who mm-hmm. doesn't. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins tore us apart. Uh, Buda Baker, like you said, they've just got a really talented team down there. And they were saying it the other night during the broadcast, the NFC West could be a division this year if things shake out this way, because there's now that seventh playoff spot in each conference, the NFC West could send all four of their teams to the playoffs. That would be insane. Yeah. Like what a, what an accomplishment for that, that division, if that happens, mm-hmm. which, oh man, it, it's so crazy talented there. I mean, just between the top two teams, the Seahawks and the Cardinals, you have such like a powerful offense. You got Russell Wilson, you've got Deandre Hopkins, you got Kyler Murray, who is coming into himself as a quarterback in an insane way. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Tyler Lockett, you got yeah. DK Metcalf. You like all those offensive pieces are so potent. I wish I could say more about the Seahawks defense right now, but you know, uh, it's a it's a little rough. It's yeah, you know, I I don't know if Ken Norton is the answer for our defensive coordinator. You're <laughs> hearing a lot of fans kind of calling for him to be fired and saying things like we want Dan Quinn back and I don't Ooh, know. Yikes. Yeah, something needs to happen. I don't know necessarily. Well, if, the way things are going, Dan Quinn could possibly be coming. Well, back. yeah, he doesn't have a job right now. But, uh, yeah, defense is a little sketchy. Uh, we did just trade for Carlos Dunlap, though, from Cincinnati. So I am excited about that. Hopefully that will bolster the pass rush a little bit because that does seem to be our biggest weakness, although the secondary is clearly hurting without Jamal Adams. Need to get him back. Uh yeah, just a little rough back there, but the offense is uh, offense is clicking anyway. But man, I I've said it before and I'll say it again. You know, I don't know how sustainable the Seahawks can be on just the back of their deep or on their on their offense. 
Yeah, well, I mean, again, we saw that on Sunday night. You can't rely on the late game heroics week in and week out to bail you out every single time. It's just not going to happen. And there's quite a few times the Cardinals got to Russell, too. Yeah, you know, he threw three picks, two of them pretty uncharacteristic for him, honestly. Uh, Didn't have his best game, for sure. But, yeah, hopefully he can, and knowing the type of player Russ is, he will learn from that, and I think he'll have a good week this next week. Hopefully he does against the 49ers, but, yeah. Yeah, but I wonder if maybe him getting hit, maybe he was kind of, like, not quite quite there on some of them later drives where he was making some poorer decisions. You know, that could be part of it. And I think by the end, especially by the end of overtime, I think everyone's just exhausted. Yeah. And I mean, our defense was gassed by the end. I know that, you know, I had seen things on defense that night that I really hadn't seen in a long time. Guys catching their breath and putting their hands on their hips and uh, showing just the physical signs of being exhausted. And I hadn't seen Mm. that even from guys like Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright. So yeah, it was just a rough go of it in Arizona. But if, you know, talking about the NFC West as a whole, it's a super competitive division. Everyone's kind of nipping at our heels. Um, and again, if the NFC West had an opposite, it would be the NFC East. Yeah. I just, I can't, I, looking at that, at, at the NFC East and then, and then comparing it to things like, the the historical records of the AFC East and how things usually shake out there. And they're kind of shaking out the same way, except instead of the Patriots being on top, it's the Bills, which is where you have like one strong team or even in the NFC East case, no strong teams right now. Yeah. It seems like such lopsided divisions. Like, and then you look at, at the Seahawks in the West and how strong that is. And every, pretty much every other division is fairly evenly spaced, except for those two, really. I mean, AFC East, you've got Bills at five and two, Dolphins at three and three, Patriots at two and four, and Jets at, well, oh, Jets. seven. <laughs> yeah, Jets and seven. Um, you know, the other division, though, that I would like to touch on a little bit, I think is getting a little top heavy, and we're not really talking about it, uh, is the AFC North. You've got the Steelers at 6-0, and you've got the Ravens, and then you've got the Browns who are kind of right there. Now, I don't think the Browns are going to be able to, in the long run, overcome either Pittsburgh or Baltimore because their two losses have been ugly losses to either of those teams. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Browns, what are they, 5-2 and two right now? 5-2. and two. So I, I also want to touch on this. I saw that you posted on our, our Browns moments – when Baker Mayfield had what it was the first quarter and he hadn't thrown, he'd only, he hadn't thrown like any completions or some crazy thing. It like was that. uh he had one interception and zero passing yards. Yeah. And then he came back and threw, it was five touchdowns, right? Yeah. Oh, he just went off the charts after that in the yeah. last three quarters. I just, I saw that everyone was talking about how bad he was doing and then he just went off. Yeah. Yeah, he sure did. So, I mean, he's got that in him. I don't think that's ever been a question. It's just been, uh, can he bring it out when they need it? <laughs> I wonder how much of that is the the coaching staff that's there for him right now. Because the Browns are notorious, and they they did it. After their 0-16 season, they started off, and they were just not doing well. They were doing Browns things. Yeah. And Baker went in, and it was – 
was that before or after Hugh Jackson got fired? Um, I think it was either right before or right after. You know, the Browns have been such a revolving door at uh, head coach for such a long time that it's kind of hard to keep track. I know there was the whole Freddie Kitchens debacle. That was last year. Freddie Kitchens yeah. was last year. He got hired after they had their interim coach, and for the life of me, I can't remember who that was. But Baker Mayfield with basically that Hugh Jackson coaching staff without Hugh Jackson, which, surprise, made a big difference. They had that kind of Cinderella run, and Baker looked good. And then last year under Freddie Kitchens, it was, well, I'm, I'm going to pin that primarily on Freddie Kitchens because he is kind of doing poor things. And I think this year, just the way they started is enough of an indicator that there's a lot of issues in the coaching room. But I feel like Baker's got to have kind of a I, – I just wonder if the coaching that's there for him has hindered his development rather than helped it along. Yeah, I think that definitely the fact that he's had a different head coach essentially every year he's been in the league is really what hurts. You know, now it seems like they finally have something I would hope semi-stable with Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. But yeah, it that does not help anyone's development. And that's like we've talked about it with the Jets before. And quite honestly, I, I don't want to delve too deep into the Jets again. We've done that so much we, lately. We, but I don't want to talk about the Jets until they actually do something smart and fire Adam Gaze. Yeah, but we talked about it with that and with Sam Darnold and how that's going to ultimately be a hindrance to his development. And yeah, it's it's one thing that can really quickly derail a quarterback's uh, development early on is switching out coaches all the time. But yeah, good yeah. for the Browns, man. Five and two, best they've been in quite some time. With that seventh playoff seed, who knows what could happen this year? We might well, have. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say we might have the Cleveland Browns back in the playoffs finally. That'd be that'd be incredible. But I'm looking forward at their schedule. They play the Eagles, the uh, the Jags, Giants, Jets. So they've they've got a nice little chunk of their season left that should should yield them some easy wins if they play correctly. But they also have the Titans, the Ravens, and the Steelers all again as well. So, you know, they've got some winnable games in there, and then they're going to have some doozies, it sounds like. But Well, I, I think that's going to show what the Browns are made of. If they can pull a game, and this would go a long way for them, if they could pull one against both Baltimore and Pittsburgh, I think that shows that they can be true contenders. Yeah. If they somehow pull off against the Titans and those two, then I think we're talking that the Browns are a legitimate, a legitimate threat in the playoffs. Yeah. But if they go through and, you know, they win the games that they're supposed to win instead of the games, you know, the tough games, then, you know, I think it's just the Browns having I, – I wouldn't say they're a bad team, but they are helped by their schedule. There's work to do for sure. Yeah. That's the case. But, you know, that also would be an improvement from Browns teams we've seen in the past. So yeah, 0-16 of – A couple three, years ago. Four years ago now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so – I think the um, AFC North will be one to keep your eye on too, as far as mm -hmm. just the overall toughness of a division goes. I think outside of Cincinnati, that division's pretty, pretty good. So I, I've definitely, and I don't know, you can agree or disagree with me. I feel like there's been a lot of strong teams that are, are not necessarily the same strong teams we've seen in the past. You know, Pittsburgh, I feel like it's not been in the past, but it's, it's just basically they took two years off. 
You know, ever since they got upset by Jacksonville in the 2017 playoffs when they were the two seed, uh, they really haven't been the same. And mm-hmm. I'll be the, you know, I'll be honest. I did not expect that the last undefeated team standing this year would be the Steelers. No, so. I, I definitely didn't. I, even before his injury, I really thought Ben was just big Ben. I thought he was reaching the end because he was making some really bad plays, but I, I think honestly his injury helped him in a lot of ways. I think he really did buckle down and say, Hey, I've not been playing well. Yeah. Well, and I, this week we've got a big Steelers Ravens matchup. Yeah. That'll be fun to watch for sure. It's going to go um, a long way in uh, giving someone a foot ahead in that division. And I, I want to give props to the Steelers front office. Cause they've made here in the past couple of years, some really good moves. Um, probably the best in my opinion is bringing in Minka Fitzpatrick for that defense. Yeah. Cause that was the only bright spot of that team last year. And you know, you had people calling it the, the second steel curtain, things like that. And it's a dang scary defense. It is. It's uh, you know, I'm really glad that we don't have to play them this year. I'm glad Seattle played them last year and yeah, they're, they're a team that I really wouldn't want to face uh, at all down the stretch uh their run defense is phenomenal even though mm-hmm. they did lose Devin Bush that does hurt them I don't think it's gonna really set them back too far though they're just and Mike Tomlin knows how to coach a football team oh absolutely you know I, I know Mike Tomlin gets a lot of crap for some of the things he does with the Steelers and I I wouldn't say it's undeserved because there are some things I'm like mm, you know but for all that crap, he, as you said, knows how to coach, coach a football team. And for a long time, I feel like every other team in that division would have killed to have him coaching their team. Oh, 100%. Uh, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. He's one of my favorite coaches in the league, and he has been for a long, long time now. Um, but, yeah, AFC North, strong. Excited to see how that thing pans out at the end. I don't think it's a as for sure thing for the Ravens as we once thought it was. And that's the, that's the cool thing. You know, seeing the season develop is seeing where teams end up. Like I think the Raiders right now, I've talked about a little bit about them, but I think they're better than their record shows. Well, we're going to ignore their win against the Panthers because Panthers, but they beat the saints and they beat the chiefs. You know, they did lose a, a relatively close game. They were within a score of the bills and they lost to the Patriots which is kind of weird, I will admit, but yeah, uh, I'll, the wins I, they've got so far are, have been fairly quality. Well, and I didn't really watch uh, your guys's game with them this last weekend, but I did see the score a little bit. It did seem for a while anyway, that they were giving Tampa a pretty good game. It was close for quite a while. It was, <laughs> what's uh what's the old joke is like, it was close until it wasn't. Yeah. Like our I, the final score of that game was it was what 40, 40, 45 to 30 or 45 to 20, excuse me. But for I think going into the third quarter, we were within like a score of each other, like maybe maybe a, a, a touchdown and a field goal. And then our defense made some huge plays and it just snowballed. Yeah, kind of like you did to Green Bay, it sounds like. Yeah, and again, Tom, the people that say Tom Brady can't throw the long ball, they're wrong. 
<laughs> I feel like you're going to remind him of this every week the Bucks win this year. Oh, my Lord. I swear, sometimes the Buccaneers feel like they're just a receiver factory. And it's guys that I haven't seen have as much success elsewhere. But, like, a couple of years ago, we had Adam Humphreys, who last I saw he was on the Titans. I don't know if he still is. But he did pretty well with Jameis Winston. Didn't have as much success that I saw in Tennessee. But then we've got Chris Godwin, who is obviously the past couple of years been balling out. We got Mike Evans, who I don't even need to talk about, I don't think. And now Scotty Miller, this guy that, as far as I know, no one really expected to be playing the role he is right now, has just started having himself a great time. He caught an insane touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone from Tom Brady. And that was like a 45, 50 yard pass. And it was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, Scotty Miller is definitely somebody who's popped onto my radar this year. And I honestly didn't even know anything about him until this year. I mean, so yeah, you guys are churning up the talent at right receiver everywhere. And let's just talk about it because oh, I, let's talk about it. I know you're not exactly thrilled about it, but um, Antonio Brown, of course, signing the one-year deal with Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. Let's just get your thoughts on it. So despite being a Tampa Bay fan, I am not really excited for Antonio Brown to be coming. Let me preface this by saying Antonio Brown is one of the most talented wide receivers to play, you know, in recent memory. He's an exceptionally good player, but his locker room presence, his off the field actions just sour me on him. He is just not what I, our, our team, our, the Buccaneers is finally, are finally having a good amount of success after ever since I started following the team. It's just been kind of this mire of mediocrity. We're doing good. And then we bring in someone that was playing incredible football, but Pittsburgh considered it so much of a cancer to the team that they cut him, who went to the Raiders, who threw a pissy fit about his helmet. You can look up everything else that went down with him in Oakland, who got then booted from there and went over to the Patriots, had one exceptional game with Tom Brady, and then got kicked out the Patriots for sexual misconduct allegations. And that is not, to me, that is not someone I want coming into our team. There's a lot of people that have been saying like, well, he's been on social media, hasn't been saying anything lately. Cause, and you, again, you guys can look up or if you haven't heard all the things that he has done since being suspended from the league, he's been quiet on social media, hasn't been doing things. I don't know. There's so much, there's so much data to pull from showing that he is potentially an unstable fit yeah. for the team that I don't feel good about bringing him in. And I will say in the past, and this is why I, initially I thought the rumors were false because Bruce Arians has said in the past that he did not like Antonio Brown. And I think Tom Brady is a big reason why he's coming here because I know Tom considers him, I shouldn't call him Tom, we're not friends. You know him on a first name basis. Yeah, me and Tom. You and old Tommy. Uh, <laughs> Tommy boy. <laughs> uh, but Brady considers him a friend. He was living with Brady there for a while in New England. Um, really likes him. They have they had instant chemistry. You can see that in the game against the Dolphins uh, last year. Yeah, last year. Um, and I think Tom Brady really pushed for him to come. And I think Arians did kind of go, okay, well, yeah, we'll bring him in. Why not? You know, at, at Tom Brady's, you know, 
encouragement. And Arians did say here the other day that two things that make me feel somewhat better about it. One, if he is being a diva, he's out. And two, he considers Antonio Brown a, how did he put it, a safety blanket? So like if, if and we have kind of had both Mike Evan and Chris Godwin suffering from some injuries this year. And so I think that's part of it. I think he looked and saw, you know what? Tom Brady likes Antonio Brown. We can get him stupid cheap. We've had some injury, you know, bugs kind of rearing their head. Maybe we bring him in as a backup option. And I think, I think in Antonio Brown's contract, I, I bet there's a lot of stipulations that he has to be on dang near perfect behavior. At least I hope there is. Yeah. Um, Cause this, this is very well his last chance in the league. Yeah. I, uh, if I can just interject real quick, I can't totally, yeah, go, go ahead. I totally agree with you because when all this started before any bucks talk started, the rumor was that Seattle was interested in him. And I kind of had the same reaction, the initial gut reaction of no, 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 no. And because of everything you just said, you know, the off the field attitude diva issues that I will, I don't think anyone can deny that the talent's not there. You know, of course he's a, one of the most talented receivers we've seen in, you know, long, long time, but it's not, I don't think it's worth the baggage. And especially I was going to say for, you know, if Seattle would have really pursued him or I'll say the same for you guys, I really don't think that either of our teams need him. No, if I'm just being quite frank with you. I think both our teams have really solid receiver talent as is. And, you know, I will say the one thing that makes me feel a little, little bit better about the situation for you guys. And I know you touched on it is the fact that your head coach is Bruce Arians, a very no BS kind of guy. Mm. And I really truly believe when he says that there is no wiggle room for, uh, you know, him, yeah. I, I think he means every word. So I don't think that if he, if you have issues with him, you won't have them long. So, yeah. And I, I think that's, I'd love to be able to fly on the wall when Arians and Tom Brady were talking about bringing Antonio Brown in. Cause you know, those are the two that were discussing it to see what was said and the, the stipulations that were put in place. Cause like I said, Arians has been on the record saying he does not like him. And I, I respect the heck out of Arians. I, he, he, I think really turned this team around, you know, last year was rough, but this year, obviously like the, the changes that they've made has shown. And, you know, part of that, I will not lie is Tom Brady coming in, mm-hmm. but you can't attribute to the way our defense is playing on Tom Brady. That's Arians bringing, bringing his guys in and changing up the coaching staff and our, our GM bringing in, bringing in and actually, you know, we give him a lot of crap for drafting poor picks, but he's taken a pretty mediocre defense and put pieces in and then made moves for guys. And it's, it's gotten so much better. And Arians coming in and him coupled with vets like JVP, I've talked about this before, but they've changed the culture on that defense. They actually give a crap. And a huge part of that, I will say, I think is Arians basically being like, all right, Vernon Hargraves, you're out of here. Yeah. Setting a message. Yeah. Um, And I almost wonder too, uh, I think it's no secret that like you said, Tom Brady is a huge reason why you guys signed him and brought him in. Do you think if he hasn't yet, if he will, Tom Brady sits down with Antonio Brown and says, listen, I vouched for you. I put my own name out there defending you, um, vouching for you to bring you in. Don't make me look bad. 
and don't make a you know don't make a don't make an ass out of me yeah i i can definitely see that because and this is purely obviously an outsider looking in i feel like antonio brown has acted up about like every person he's been with except for tom brady the way he talks and seems like he respects Tom Brady is almost like he looks at him as like a father figure. And I think it just seems like he has a lot of respect for Tom Brady. And like when he's around him, he seems like he's on his best behavior, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I could see that. He's spoken very highly of him um, before too. I, I know that. And of course, I mean, you know this, like you said, you're good friends with Tommy. Uh, I mean, Tom. Yeah, you and Tom. Uh, you know Tom that he won't uh, he won't shy away from saying what's on his mind to his teammates. Yeah. you know. I, I will say I've since he's come to the Buccaneers, I I talked so much crap on him when he was in the page with the Patriots. Since he's come to the Buccaneers, I have gotten a new level of respect from him. Oh, I have too. I was telling someone that the other day. Honestly, uh, him leaving New England was really all it took for me. I it's so much easier to root for the guy now. And, mm-hmm. you know, just the fact that he's not associated with Belichick and the organization that cheats and anyone who thinks they don't, you can at me on Twitter uh, yeah. and I'll talk to you about I'll, it. I'll back you up. You, you got me on your back. DMs are open. <laughs> DMs are open. <laughs> no, but oh. all it took was the changing of the uniform for Tom Brady and getting away from Belichick. And I, I do have a ton more respect for him. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing, you know, he's still, I think, he takes the game very seriously. And I think that shows when, when he loses to the point where it looks like, and he might be pouting a little bit. Uh, I know the, the big thing was after that, that bears game. It's like, you wouldn't go out and shake Nick Foles' hand. I'm like, well, yeah, that was kind of a bad sportsman move. But as far as he goes with his, on our team, he brings such a good culture that he, in my opinion, you know, him chewing out the offensive line when they make mistakes, you know, because that killed us on the Bears in the Bears game. You know, those penalties absolutely killed us and lost us the game, basically. Yeah. Uh, the refs helped it along a little bit, but I, we're not going to talk about that. He does that, and, you know, I, well, I've i said before, one of my favorite quotes from the season so far is Bruce Arians getting asked about Tom Brady yelling at the teammates, and he's like, well, it saves me having to go cuss him out. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a very Bruce Arians answer. Yeah, um, but then – Something I really respect is after, you know, big plays or, you know, big touchdowns, he comes up and he makes sure he goes and talks to every single receiver, he support, supports them. And I think, you know, especially coming from a guy like Tom Brady, that I I know it means a lot to especially them younger players. And there was, oh, shoot, I just saw it on Twitter earlier today. There was a player that was like, oh, we, I still can't believe I'm playing with Tom Brady, the Tom Brady. I mean, that's what a leader does. He elevates he elevates his teammates around him. Yeah, exactly. And I think we've had that talk either on the podcast or in person that, you know, a good leader will make his teammates play better than or what they what people think their ability should let them play at. Yeah, they'll bring out their uh, true potential. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, yeah, I, I really have had a lot of respect. And I feel like Tom Brady – on, on himself is having fun playing football down in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. I know we've talked about that too. Um, so I think we're both in pretty uh, similar agreements on the whole Antonio Brown situation. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah. And, uh, It'll be interesting to see how things go. Cause there's, 
talk that he might be playing next week. Yeah, once his suspension's up, man, I mean, he'll be eligible to. Because so. it was an eight-week suspension, and we're going into week eight. Yep, we are going into week eight. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, down there with your boys in Tampa. Uh, while we're on the NFL subject, though, uh, you want to get to your upset and upsetting games? Yeah, let's talk upset and upsetting. Um, what do you want to do first? Let's do upset games because all right well actually that might not be the easier i mean i'm good with whatever you just let me know let's do our let's do our upset games i'm gonna let you go for or upset games excuse me uh i've got the 49ers win over the patriots oh really that's your upset game huh i wasn't shocked that san francisco won i was shocked that they held new england to six points and made cam newton look like a pop warner quarterback Hmm. that's what i'm shocked by (laughs) Uh, I'm, I mean, Cam Newton went 9 of 15, 98 yards, didn't even get 100, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions. He looked awful. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look great either. Yeah, he threw for way, way more yards, but he had no touchdowns and two interceptions. So it wasn't really a game of quarterback dominance. But on the ground, the 49ers just crushed it. You know, they rushed for all of their touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And to beat the Patriots 33 to six at home, this is not the same new England team that we've seen in two decades. They yeah. are hurting in a bad way now at two and four. I think the bills now have a stranglehold on the AFC East. I mean, I, I love it. I would love to see a playoffs with no Belichick in them, but I, I will say I got to get the 49ers some props right now. Specifically. I cannot get Cliff Kingsbury's name out of my head. I think it's because the Cardinals game was so recently. Oh, you're uh, Kyle um, Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Thank you. I keep getting Kyle Shanahan, Cliff Kingsbury, and Sean McVay all like twisted well, yeah. my head he, because they're all so tied together. They are. You've got these, the NFC West <laughs> is like three really young guys and then a really old <laughs> guy. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. Gosh. Um, But oh my god i can't stop thinking kyle shanahan thank you you i can't stop thinking cliff kingsbury kyle shanahan has done such an incredible job because i thought after their game against the giant was it the giants or the jets that they played uh well they played them both but yeah they they played it was the giants yeah where they where they got all their injuries that was the jets no oh that was the jets i thought i'm like oh my gosh they're they're just decimated I thought for sure that was just the end. And they, they've got a lot of injuries. They have worked around those injuries in an incredible way. I, I am honestly very impressed. And, you know, they looked really weak against the Dolphins. And I don't know, that, that Niners team, as much as I am not a fan of them, I, I do respect them. Yeah, you know, I still don't entirely know what to make of them i mean that was an impressive win on sunday over new england obviously but you did mention their miami game which was really bad yeah it it was so i i I mean i'm still nervous to play them this week seattle always seems to struggle with them you know division rivals big rivals so yeah i hope we get the version that played miami and not the one that played new england but yeah that was my upset game what was yours mostly things went how i kind of figured they would this week I was nervous about the Buccaneers game. Uh, I'm happy with how it turned out, though. But, you know, I expected the Eagles to challenge the Giants. Actually, my upset game of the week, the score wouldn't reflect it, but I'm going to say Cowboy football team. Cowboys versus Washington. Yeah. I thought that the – 
I, I think the Cowboys offense is fairly good, even without Dak. I cannot believe they got trounced the way they did. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I sent a thing to a buddy of mine who's a Cowboys fan. Shout out to Kyle Myrie. Um, if you're still a Cowboys fan after this, but I sent him a thing that said, man, I can't believe that Dallas flew all the way to Washington DC to kick a field goal. <laughs> oh, that's rough. Oh, but man. Yeah. I thought about that game too, but I have all, you know, we, we talked about how we beat the jets thing to death. We I feel like I've anyway beaten the Cowboys thing to death so much. Yeah. I don't want to delve too much into it. I just, it's also, I'm going to say it's also my upsetting game because man, it, it is upsetting the, the way things have been going down in Dallas. Yeah. You know, Dak getting hurt now, Andy, Andy Dalton just getting beat up. Yeah, they're down to uh, Ben DiNucci, their third-string quarterback. Yeah, from uh, it's it's Madison. again one of those those situations where you see some of those guys um, that are out on waivers and like really you're gonna go with this guy instead of picking up you know maybe someone potentially controversial. Actually, I know Jerry Jones would never pick up old Kaepernick, but yeah, it's like well, you you really look at that and you're like you're really saying this guy is a better option than Colin Kaepernick right now. Yeah. I mean, Ben DiNucci came from James Madison university, which Justin, this means something to you and me. He played at the same level as a uh, school of Montana state. Where we oh, went really? To That's what, yeah. James Madison oh, FCS boy. program. So that it's a great FCS program, but they're still not, <laughs> you know, they're not an Ohio state or a Clemson. So, yeah. And you know, good. <sighs> Good on him if he can make the best out of this opportunity, but yeah, I, just, I can't see it. Not looking good. And I agree with you. That was uh, that was a game that I really – the score was kind of shocking, you know. I wasn't super shocked again that Washington won, but just by that much. I mean, good for them, though. I, I like to see it. Uh, anytime America's team loses, America wins. But, yeah, those, those are my – that's my upsetting slash upset game of the week. Just well, then I guess I'll move on to my upsetting game because mine is different. Uh, the Falcons. God, I thought we were done with this. I See, thought that's that's <laughs> kind of like what you said with the Cowboys. I feel like that's something I beat to death. Is yeah. Just... Well, I'll beat it more because it deserves it. So the fa- you got a six point lead with fifty seven seconds left. The Lions have no timeouts. And they have to essentially go the length of the field and they do it and you let them do it and you lose. And I know you didn't blow a 15 point lead this time, but it sure felt about the same. And geez, Falcons, after the Braves lost out of the playoffs in baseball, you couldn't give Atlanta something. You couldn't give them something to hold on to. You couldn't even beat the lions. Yeah. That's my upsetting game. It must be hard to be a Falcons fans right now, but uh, I just, Oh man. Are there any of them out there anymore? That's a good question. Hey, if you're a Falcons fan out there and you're listening to us, uh, reach out to us. We don't even care what you say. Spew hated us for all we care. We just want to know if you exist. That, man, what a – and I'm sorry, but the Falcons are a joke of a franchise right now. They sure they are. They went from Super Bowl contenders to a laughingstock. Yep. And I feel like they've wasted – matt ryan's career at this point they are they have and they're in the process of doing it um you know and julio jones and unfortunately looks like it could be that way for calvin ridley another up-and-comer yeah good for the lions though 
you know, good for you, Detroit. You needed that. You deserve that. <laughs> yeah, speaking of places that have wasted quarterbacks' careers. Oh, uh, true, true. Well, Man, I, I, I feel so bad for Matt Stafford. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother can of worms. Yeah, Very similar that? can of worms, but um, I don't know. Uh, I pretty much got all my NFL talk out. If you do, I have a little thing I want to go on about the World Series whenever you're ready, but... Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the World Series real quick. All right, so uh, first... congrats to the congrats to the Tampa Bay Devil Rays for winning. I'm just kidding. I wish I was saying that right uh, now. Yeah, uh, it's a new segment we like to call fake news with Justin. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Congr- I just report things how I wanted them to turn out. <laughs> Congratulations to the Dodgers. First World Series win since the 80s, uh, 1988. Clayton Kershaw finally gets to put that ring on his resume with all the other Cy Young awards and MVPs he has to his name. I'm not trying to take away anything at all from the Dodgers when I say this, because I think that that was uh, as well-deserved world series win as any except one. And I do have a question though, for the Rays general manager and their front office. If a computer told you to jump off a cliff, would you do it? Because that's basically what happened in game six last night when you decided to pull Blake Snell, who was pitching brilliantly in the sixth inning of that game, of an elimination game, mind you, for you. Uh, Blake Snell has been one of your best pitchers, not just this year, but for quite a while. And he had nine strikeouts up to that point, had only thrown 73 pitches. But manager Kevin Cash took him out of the game And then not long after that, the Rays bullpen came in and pretty much immediately gave up two runs and the Dodgers won the world series by a margin of two in that game on Tuesday night. So I guess the Dodgers will enjoy their trophy while the Rays can enjoy their analytics. And I just, I have to ask why, you know, why I, I don't care what data tells you to do. If you, if the eye test is passing and he's not giving up runs and he's pitching, you know, that well, I, I don't know. I just don't understand it. Again, I'm not trying to take away at all from the Dodgers and their accomplishment. I thought it was awesome for them, for their franchise, for the city of LA to now have another champion under their belt in 2020, a year that's been particularly tough on that city. Not that it hasn't everywhere. But yeah, Tampa Bay, um, still kudos to you for making it to the World Series, for pushing it to six games. Uh, I just wonder what could have been if you chose to keep Snell in a little longer. Yeah, we might be talking a very different story right now. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't really have much more to say on the on the World Series either. Uh, I was just, again, just kind of to wrap up the baseball season, just super happy we got baseball in general, I'm happy we got a playoff, a World Series, uh, World Series where they were able to have some fans at it. And hopefully it's a good building point uh, for next season. Now we don't get to say Title Town Tampa. Hey, well, hold up. We still might. You still got a Buccaneers team. That's true, but I wanted all the titles in Tampa just for a nice, neat little bow. Actually, we didn't win the WNBA, so. Yeah. Uh, What's your team down there in the WNBA? It's awful of me. I should know that, but I don't know what it is. You know, 
If I told you I couldn't remember the name because I'm still thinking Cliffs Kingsbury, would you be mad? Is that, is that just going to be your excuse when you can't <laughs> just, think of Every things? time I try to think of a name right now, I just keep thinking Cliffs Kingsbury. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 and it hasn't just been right like during the podcast. I kept thinking about, did you see that that picture when he bought his house in Arizona? The freaking, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to find it and send it to you after the podcast. But there was like this whole thing about like Sean McVay, Cliff Kingsbury and the houses they bought where they live. And Cliff Kingsbury is this is like crazy house. And I want to say it was like stupid cheap compared to like everybody else's. I did. I do actually think I remember hearing something. It was about during that. the Super Bowl. They were, they were showing the coaches. No, not the Super Bowl, the draft. They were showing their draft setups. Mm, mm, yeah. 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 That's where I heard it. <laughs> I've got to look that up and- again. Cause I don't. I was just thinking about it today. I don't. I don't know why. You know. I hope you get to meet Cliff Kingsbury someday. For as much as you've been thinking about him. Yeah. I. I don't know what it is. I mean. Yeah. There's the picture. Oh my gosh. It's just so huge. It's just. Um. I'll have Jerry. You'll have to tweet it. Tweet it out. Um. The Cardinals tweeted it out uh, during the draft. and it said War Room 2.0, and he's got a laptop, two computer screens, and a this big like concrete you know very modern living room with a fire pit out back uh, i a crazy nice house yeah oh man and a bed in the backyard for this is why you guys tune into the expansion buddies right <laughs> you guys like to listen to us talk about interior design of coaches houses yeah that's that's what we're doing here that is oh what God. we do someone, someone made it out of lego <laughs> Oh man. Oh man. I'm sorry. I, I hit a rabbit hole. I just, I don't know why I'm thinking about Cliff Kingsbury. I'm starting to worry now. I mean, no, I think you just might secretly be a fan. That's all. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I do love an underdog story and everybody crapped on him so hard coming into a head coach in the league. They're like, Oh, he can't do, he can't do this. He's a failed coach at the college level. He can't nearly be a, a no. head coach at, the NFL level and he's just riding his connections to Sean McVay. And I think it's, right now he's kind of proven some people wrong. He's also the man that gave us Patrick Mahomes. So <laughs> I don't think he was that much of a failure and yeah, I don't know. Pete Carroll took a similar amount of hate when he jumped from the college ranks up to the NFL and look where that's yeah. got in Seattle. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me as a coach admiring the, the, I, I uh, have been thinking a lot about coaching lately. So you as a fellow coach. Yeah. 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 Clearly we're on the same level. I won four junior high games for an undefeated season. He's got five win at the NFL level and two losses. So clearly someone here is the better coach. And I'm not <laughs> going to say who that should be the title of this episode. Episode 14, <laughs> Justin claims he's a better coach than. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only thing we put out there and you got to listen to figure it out. <laughs> oh goodness uh, as you okay i think we're thank goodness wrapping up we're hitting yeah. the time um you know this is this is what's gonna happen sometimes on this show we're gonna ramble we're gonna say the things we need to say and then we're gonna fall down a rabbit hole <laughs> yeah um too bad we don't do youtube videos that could be a great clickbait video like the thumbnail is just like me with like my hand on my chin just going hmm 
Photoshop. Well, and like a face that clicks Cliff Kingsbury's face on the other side, like who's the better coach? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, we should run that as a poll someday on our Twitter. Who, who would you rather have be the coach of your team? If you're down by four with two minutes left in the Super Bowl, Cliff Kingsbury, who has never been there or Justin, who's never been there. So yeah, I'm just saying we always went for it on fourth down. Ooh, and I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say neither Texas Tech nor the Cardinals did that. <laughs> oh, Actually, I, I should say, I think we punted literally once. Yeah. Because we were all the way in our end zone. Yeah. But yep. anyway. Oh, man. Well, I think, I think I've got everything I need to say out the way. Do you? No, nothing, nothing to take a jab at Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay for? I don't think so. I, I like I said, uh, it's uh, Kyle Shanahan. I've got quite a bit of respect for right now. And Sean McVay, I think, is doing Sean McVay things. So I like him both. I, I'll take a little stab at McVay. I think I've got better hair. Oh, I don't know. He, he does have nice hair. He, he too much, too much product. He puts too much product in it. I uh, put just see, the right I've amount. I've seen in. the product that you have. It's just the right amount. It's just the right amount. I will say, I think I, I really like the coaches in that division. Like every single one of them is a dang good coach yeah yeah you know uh three of them have been to super bowls uh just waiting on your boy cliff there maybe you'll get there before he will maybe 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 (laughs) all right all right let's uh let's close up shop on this bad boy before we uh, attack any more nfl coaches i've got one shout out to make before we end and that is you jared miller for running our twitter account at the expansion BU1. Jared's been killing it. I I was going to say something earlier, but I saw it. You know, you always tweet out after a game and you tweet it off or you tweet it out. Um, you know, a congratulations to the Cardinals after they won. And I felt like that had to be so hard for you as a Seattle fan, but you're absolutely killing it on that Twitter account. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Like Justin said, follow us at the expansion BU1. We're trying to engage with you guys. We're trying to put polls out all the time. Yep. Uh, things after um, big games. Yeah. You can find us there. Yeah. We appreciate every single one of you listening, especially you, Ellen. I know you're listening. Yeah. Shout out to my mom, our one uh, loyal listener who I know listens week in and week out. And I think our buddy Kyle Mitchell does. Yeah. It's the chance. Thank you guys. You know, make sure, you know, tweet us. If you want to hear us talk about something specific, you know, if you want us to talk about the rise and fall of, Marble racing. We'll do it. Yeah. Oh man. Have you watched those marble races? They are actually like, they're so good. Low key. They're pretty intense. Actually. Like if you could get Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth to call one of those, I'd tune in. Oh my gosh. I'd love to watch. uh... (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'd love to watch that. Oh, I I would. I'd I'd pay a unhealthy amount of money to watch that. Yeah. But Uh... anyway, yeah thank you everyone for tuning yeah. in again uh thank you for listening to us wherever you listen to us whether it's spotify apple uh itunes or google podcasts we're on all of those platforms we publish for you every thursday like we said earlier you can find us on twitter too at the expansion bu1 you know i'm thinking pretty soon we got to get an instagram made also yeah just reach That's out wherever bad. we can so anyway thank you all for listening and tuning in yeah. Thanks again from from all us here at the Expansion Buddies. Never forget, party like it's 1976. 